Matthew chapter 24, if you have your Bibles. Matthew 24. I, uh, if you don't know, if you're a new uh, visitor or such, uh, I pastored in the nation of Lithuania for 11 years. My wife and I, my family were there. And uh, in that time, we had, uh, there were numbers of issues going on. The uh, Lithuania was coming into NATO, into the European Union. Laws were changing and such. But coming out of the Soviet Union and the era of the Soviet Union and such, uh, there were people who took advantage of the uh, naivety of Lithuanians, especially young girls. Young girls were trafficked at the rate of three a day. The way they would do this, they were trafficked into all sorts of things, mostly into prostitution. And the way they would do this is they would deceive. They would go, they would not go to the big cities, they would go to the villages. These men would go, they'd throw lots of money around, they would woo these women, they would tell them that they loved them, they'd tell them that they were special, and then they would tell them they had a job for them. And if they would just go to Holland or England or Spain or Italy, got a great job for you lined up. I'll take care of your housing, your ticket. They would buy the air ticket. Many of these young girls didn't even speak English, didn't know what they were getting themselves into, and horrible things would happen. I had a friend who, uh, a Assembly of God friend who, uh, uh, he and his wife were leaving Lithuania. They were praying about where they were going to go, and one of the opportunities was go to Moldova and work with young women who had been trafficked. They showed us a heartbreaking video. I mean, break your heart video of these, the testimony, basically, of these girls, what they were promised, what happened when they got there. Many of the Moldovans were were uh, were trafficked towards Saudi Arabia and towards uh, Abu Dhabi and places like that. It was absolutely tragic. They were literally being deceived. In the text we're going to read, Jesus is bringing out the marks of the last days. And he says repeatedly in Matthew chapter 24, one of the marks of the last days is deceivers. I want to talk to you about deception because I believe we are in the last days. And there's all sorts of things that are going on and people's hearts are being taken away because of the issue of deception. Matthew 24 Jesus is asked the questions by Peter, Andrew, James, and John about the last days. And the immediate response he has in verses 4 and 5, Do not let anyone mislead you or literally deceive you. 
For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. Other translations of verse 4. Take heed that no one leads you astray. Take care that no one, uh, take care that you are not tricked. Take care that no one misleads you. The word literally means to cause, to roam, to drift, to go away from safety, truth, or virtue. It literally has the idea of seducing, of wandering, or being lost or out of the way. This is the picture that Jesus paints. And when they ask him about the last days, the first thing he says, deception. So let's think firstly about the danger of deception. We have to be aware of that deception is possible if we're going to avoid it. And so first thing we have to understand, the devil by his nature is a deceiver. This is what he started in the garden. He started in Genesis three thirteen. The uh, Lord asked the woman, why have you done this? And she says, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate of it. Now you may or may not know the story, but Eve is in the garden and the devil begins to call her over the snake uh, and says, hey, did God really say this? He's lying to you. Uh, he's not telling you the truth. He knows uh, he's holding back something from you. Uh, and she began to uh, be enticed by his lies. One mark of the devil is he knows he's lying. Jesus said in John eight forty four. When he's talking to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. He lied from the beginning. He's a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil was not telling her the complete truth. He didn't get into the death part. He said, oh no, God's holding back something. Second Corinthians 11, Paul is writing to the church. And he's warning them, and he says, but I fear somehow, verse 3 of 2 Corinthians eleven three, but I fear somehow that your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. We know the German word propaganda, the thought of putting out or spreading lies or agenda. And this is what the Nazis, of course, were great at. They filled Germany full of lies. People began to believe it. And I know politicians lie, I get it. Uh, but hell is the master of propaganda. Hell is the master of lies. It, it fills the world with deceit uh, from everything from the issue of morals, the breakdown, family, you'll be happier if you divorce, you'll be better off if you smoke this or try this or take this or experience that, to teaching kids that we're just evolved 50 million gazillion years ago out of primeval ooze that just happened to be in the right scientific you know, laboratory that they, of course, can't reproduce at the moment, but they've got this all figured out. 
2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden from all the people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded their minds who don't believe, that they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is in the exact likeness of God. That the devil is blinding people's minds, deceiving them, lying to them. Oh, don't do the will of God. Oh, don't believe that. Oh, it's evolution. It's, uh, you'll be better off. Uh, you may have been born this way, but you're really that way. Or however he lies and deceives people. But deception doesn't begin or end with the devil. It may begin there, actually, but it doesn't end there. Because people are deceiving. There are, we, you know, the old joke, how do you know a politician is lying? His lips are moving, right? We get that. We know that there are the realities of people who lie. The slimy salesmen, right? The people under their own agendas and all of that. Uh, these traffickers would deceive people Oh, there's a job there. There's glorious. I love you. I'll take care of you. And this is exactly what they're not going to do. But there's people even in the spiritual who do this. That from time to time, there's crazy videos. There's crazy uh, people who get them out. They write a book. They want to say, oh, this sign means this. And we're going into the this. And we're here. And that. yeah, it's like, dude, no man knows the day or the hour. What, what, who bumped you up on the list? Right? How, how are you better than Christ now who said, I don't even know? Right? And so, the, the realities of this, they're out there. There's even people who claim to be Christians. Praise the Lord, brother. Second Timothy 3.13, But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others, and they themselves will be deceived. It's interesting that even they begin to believe their own lies. Verse 11 of Matthew 24, as Jesus is still talking about the last days, many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. False prophets in the last days, evil men, the mark of a last days. That in our day, if you go into a Christian bookstore or just Amazon Christian books, if you just search Christian books, there's, you know, half of them are insane. Utterly and thoroughly false doctrine. And they do it to make a buck. That's why they do it. There's a profit in it. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 and 14, these people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I'm not surprised even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Two marks of false doctrine. Just mark it down. If you get involved in false doctrine, there'll be two marks. One will be confusion. The other will be fear. Mormons are involved in false doctrine. That's why they are 
survivalists. They buy land, they want to live off the grid, they've got their canned goods and their power things and their water sources and they're all set. They're going to live a life that, you know what, when the zombie apocalypse happens, they're ready. When the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm going in the rapture. Or let them eat me because I don't want to live with those kind of survivalists because they're nuts. Right, but this is why they're full of fear. Colossians 2, 4, I'm telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Jamie, uh, J.B. Phillips said of that in context, Paul is referring to a blending of Judaism and Oriental philosophy. It's the combination of this mixed with Christianity. New Age was, is a cover term for old Oriental, Chinese, Eastern religion. They mix it with Christianity. They mix it with a blend of even being Jewish roots. The New King James uses of this enticing words, which literally means plausible as wearing the disguise of wisdom and humility. Paul uses words like cheat, vain humility, praying to angels, and other kinds of doctrines that were floating around at the church that he has to address in Colossus. That were there, and he says, You have to be careful of these. They're there. They can rip you off, create problems for you. Paul writes to the young preacher Titus. He says, For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on the circumcision for salvation. So there's people, they're going around, they're teaching false doctrines. The other issue is we can willfully sometimes even deceive ourselves. I know I've used this, but it's so excellent on self-deception. It was the the scientist level that they named the telescope after who mapped on Mars, all the canals. He looked in, and scientists still do this to this day. They're still believing that there's going to be water on Mars. There is ice in space. That, there's no doubt about that. But they're, they're believing that he had flowing canals. I don't know if you know this. He would look in his telescope, and he would draw it out, and look in his telescope, and draw it out, look in his telescope. After he was done... They figured out he had only mapped the blood vessels in his eyes from the reflection on the lens. But why did he do it? He willfully wanted that to be the way. Now, I'm not going to argue whether global weather patterns are changing. I think they are. I think this is part of leading us into the tribulation. They're going to be extreme weather. You read about that in 
the book of Revelations. They're going to have the hottest day and the coldest day, and they're going to be like really close to each other. That's going to happen. The question is why? And people will get into and they have their political agendas on why. Well, it's this, and it's greenhouse gases, and it's man-made, and it's all that. Do you know one? Do you know the year Frankenstein was written? It was because the summer was ruined. Because one volcano erupted in Asia, and it ruined the summer. No summer in Europe. Just saying. One volcano can change more than all the cars that put out bad emissions. But there's an agenda. And the more people want to believe that. One man said there are two possibilities why he, he did this. He wanted canals to be there and he looked over and over. He said it over and over. Or he suffered from a rare eye disease that you know, he did it. But, it. but today it's known when you want to believe something, it's called the Lovell, system, Lovell Syndrome. 1 Corinthians 3.18, stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by the world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. Jeremiah 17.9 the human heart is the most deceitful thing of all and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? James 1.26, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. The King, New King James says you deceive yourself. There are many ways we can deceive ourselves. One is we want it to be that way. I've had people, they're living together. Well, we're married in the eyes of God. No, if you're not married on paper, you're not married in the eyes of God. Don't deceive yourself. They'll come up with doctrines. They'll justify themselves. We have an amazing way of justifying ourselves. Popular psychology plays right into this. It's not your bad behavior. It's you have a disease. It's not choices you've made. It's your parents' fault. You were born this way. Let's think why people are deceived. There's many reasons, and I can't go into all of them. But, you know, one is deceiving, deception will entice you. There's something you like about it. There's something that attracts you to it. This is why not everyone is deceived by the same things. The great politician, you know, probably Abraham Lincoln, you can fool some of the people all of the time. You can fool all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. People will be deceived because it's, it sounds good. It appeals to them. One man wrote, Anyone who has done any significant amount of fishing knows about snags. 
For those of you who do not fish, a snag is as an underwater object that when your fishing lure gets caught on it, not only prevents you from catching fish that you are trying to catch, but it frequently claims your lure. Years ago, uh, this author had the opportunity to fish in the Kian River in Alaska, the famous salmon fishing area. In the visitor area near the river, there was an exhibit that was na- uh, labeled the king of all snags. Apparently, someone hooked a large crane on the object in the, uh, in the river where people had always had trouble and their lures had gotten snagged. The crane was strong enough to lift out the object out of the river. It was a large log, and they put it on the dry ground, and literally it was covered with lures and tackles, and massive numbers of fishermen had hooked or snagged this, and eventually their lines broke off, leaving the lures impaled on the log. It was fun to watch the first time visitors' reaction to the log. Non-fishermen would look at it in bewilderment, But fishermen would break out in hysterical laughter, saying this was the king of all snags. They would actually think they got something. They got the mother of, they got the, you know, they got the salmon that's going to bring home, you know, and they've got nothing. That's the enticement of deception. You're going to think you're going to get something. Oh, this is it. Want to bite? Because as soon as you do, your eyes will be open. You're going to see like God sees. You're going to know good. It's going to be good for you. It's going to bring death, but hey. People want to believe it. There's a lot of people for their own reasons. They create. They want to believe it. Paul writes to the Corinthians. He says, do you know, do you, Don't you realize that those among you who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin or those who worship idols, commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusives or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Why would Paul have to write that? You would think that that would be Christianity 101 because after all, all he's listing there are the effects of breaking the Ten Commandments. That's all he's listed there. And yet people do want to believe that they can do those kinds of things repeatedly and have no issues. It's convenient. Another is, reason why people fall for deception is people's words. They read it in a book. Some expert said it. I watched a YouTube video and they told me about it. I'm not against YouTube, believe me. I fixed my garage door opener because of YouTube. I'm very glad about it. But I'd be careful about my eternal soul and doctrine that I get from there. Help me fix my garage door. Thank you for that. I gave him a like. I don't know what that did for him, but I did. I gave him a like. Advertising. It's trying to design to catch your eye. They have... 30 seconds, 
to sell you a product that you either didn't know existed and now you can't live without or take a product that you know about and make it appealing to you. We've seen the controversy recently with Bud Light had, uh, you know, a, a homosexual uh, do their advertisement and they, this created a tremendous uproar and back against them. I personally have always boycotted Bud Light since I got saved, as well as every other beer I've never bought. But anyway, that's just a joke. But now they're trying to come back. They're just, as as football season is gearing up, they've tried new advertisements and put the can, you know, every team on the cans and trying to win back fans because they blew it. But they understand that you know what? If we can change people's minds, that's what advertisements for. Political advertisements will start, and that's painful on the radio, isn't it? My candidate hates, my, my, my opposition hates children, America, and you. I, on the other hand, love children, America, and you. I want you to keep your money. My opponent wants to take it all from you. And they'll use whatever political hot topic. Do you know why the Republicans don't want to solve the abortion or the marriage credit, tax credit? Do you know why the Democrats don't want to solve immigration? Because they want to use it against each other. They don't want to fix it. They want to use it against so that they can blame the other. It's what they do. It's why we become so divisive in America. It's horrible when that's spiritual. When people do that under the guise of being spiritual. Ephesians 5, 6. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Constantly challenging the Word of God. Healthy doctrine. Things that are true. You know, it's interesting that Paul has to deal with the issue of deception in almost every letter he writes to almost every church and pastor. Let's talk about guarding against it. Jesus is giving us a warning of the last days. Take heed, be on guard that no one deceives you. If deception is real, then we have to understand that, first of all, there is a standard that we can measure truth and lies against, and that begins with the Word of God. What does the Bible say? If you're going to be armed with truth, you're going to have to know. Jesus was confronted by some religious people of the day and they wanted to try to trick him and they made up this crazy story about seven brothers who all married the same girl and it's a crazy story but his response is you are mistaken because you do not know the scriptures you do not know the power of God 
He's dealing with religious people of the day. You don't know what the Bible says. I encourage people all the time, read your Bible. You read it. There's enough translations out there that you can find one that you're comfortable with. Just read it. Find out what it says. Now, not every translation is accurate and perfect to back to the Greek. English has evolved. If you read the King James Version, it was written 400 years ago. The words terrible and awesome have literally switched meanings in 400 years. Do you know that? If something was awesome, it wasn't like today, that's awesome. That would be the word we would use, terrible. And if we would, that's terrible. That's fearful. That was the word awesome. Awestruck. Things change. We've got other translations, New King James, New Century Version, the NIV, the NLT, all sorts of versions. But if you'll read the Bible with an open heart, God will show you what he means. Two rules of the Bible. Just mark these down. One is never take one scripture and make a doctrine of it. That's what the Jehovah Witnesses do. They take one scripture out of context and then make a whole doctrine on it. And that brings me to the other point. Context is very important. Who is Jesus talking to? Who is writing this? What is a prophet? Is this Old Testament, New Testament? Is it, pro- is it poetic? Is it prophetic? Is it, what is it? What is the context of it? I actually looked up one time, and I ended up on this website, and I, I don't know who, who sponsored it or all that, but it, all the contradictions of the Bible. And I began to read it. It fascinated me for a rabbit hole moment. And I began to read, oh, what's this contradiction? What's it? Oh, every one of them out of context. Every one of them totally out of context. And as a result of that, no understanding of what really was being said. It's also good to avoid people who have agendas. You're going to meet people time to time. They have an agenda. Romans 16, 17, and 18. Now I make one more appeal to you, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. Mark them. Another thing you'll have is when you are in tune with God, you're in relationship with God, you can hear something go, that ain't right. Your spirit, if it's in tune with the Holy Spirit, will tell you, that ain't right. 
First John 4, 1 through 3, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to be speaking by the Spirit. You must test them and see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God, if their person of proclaiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body and that a person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming into the world and is indeed already here. Because you know what, there's something about, you, you can tell, there's just a lining up. Like, that doesn't sound right. You know what the Lord told me? We should all divorce our wives and marry someone. That is not of God. I don't have to pray about that. That's not right. There's a way you can tell, and Jesus goes through it, long-term fruits. Matthew 27, Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. Yes, you can identify a tree by its fruits. You can identify people by their actions. I've had people who actually claim to be prophets or prophetesses. I've had them come to my church. One woman, she came, she, she, she's a prophetess. She, she didn't tell me, of course. She just tells people in the church, hey, I'm a prophetess and I get a word for you. And finally, one new convert had enough sense to bring her and say, okay, you give me your word, but in front of my pastor. And all of a sudden, I could tell that her face went this, gave the word to the guy, which was just this generic encouragement. Two weeks later, not married, by the way, find out she's pregnant. Lithuania, I had a man come. He wanted to give me a word. He was excited. He said, brother, I have a word from you, word from the Lord. This is, you know, this is God. You're going to have revival. I mean, it was good. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. But just some alarm bells are going off. The next service, he shows up. He's got a young girl. And I say, oh, is this your daughter? <laughs> no. It's his living girlfriend. You know what? You don't come back here anymore. So I'm at a bus stop a few weeks later. The girl had left him. He was broken, but not repentive. You can tell by their fruits. And the third is to take heed, literally to guard your heart, is what Jesus says. Remember, this is the first question on the last, the first response that he's giving to the last days. They had asked him, what, what are the signs of your coming? What are the signs of the ends of the age? What, what's going to happen? You know, tell us the future, Lord. Okay, don't be deceived. And then he peppers this through chapter 24. Don't be deceived. False prophets are coming. Don't be deceived. Many will come in my name. Don't be deceived. Verse 24, false prophets and messiahs will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. 
One means, as Pastor Mitchell used to say all the time, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It's amazing how false doctrines get people off on rabbit holes, on total false distractions. You know, the very first man that was sent out of this congregation went to Oswego, I think it was Oswego, New York, Pioneer Church, but he was friends with the man who started Operation Rescue. And he got totally tracked off on that. Now that's what the church needs to be doing. We need to be going and reaching and stopping abortion. And that's got to be the focus and, the f- and totally diverted off into Never Never Land. It happens. God's elect those that have a destiny with Him. 2 Thessalonians 2.3 Don't be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come unless there's a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. Again, the context of the last days, the Antichrist, the picture of the rapture. Don't be deceived. The rapture hasn't happened yet. We're not there yet. Soon, stay ready. We're not there yet. Staying on track. Keeping the things you know you need to do, just keep them in front of you. Keep the main thing, the main thing. I close, I don't know if I've used this before, I love this illustration. If I have, I apologize. I couldn't find it in my notes. But I may have used it off the top of my head. Hunter got his dog ready. They were going hunting for bear. He was excited. Gave the bear, bear, gave the dog some bear scent. Got that dog sniffing around. Gets on the scent of a bear. He's gone. But a deer had crossed the track of the bear. Now he's off to the deer. Farmer sees the deer and he's like, well... Venison's good, so he goes after the deer. Then a rabbit had crossed the track of the deer. Now he's chasing the rabbit. The rabbit's going around. He's like, eh, and pfeffer stool. Okay, okay, I could do that. Then a squirrel chases the, crosses the track of the, and the dog's after the squirrel. Finally, the dogs run off. After the squirrel, the you know, farmer's given up. He finally finds the dog. The dog is at a tree barking. Gets there. He's got cornered a field mouse. I have seen people do that. They set off after the bear. And at the end, they're chasing mice. Because they didn't keep the main thing is the main thing. Jesus puts this in context of the last days. Do not be deceived. We need to take heed to our hearts 
and to the Word of God that we don't end up starting on noble intentions and cornering mice. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you've come tonight and you're not right with God. Maybe you've believed lies of our world, our generation. There's all sorts of them out there. They take you away from who God is and what He came to do. Jesus came to earth to rescue sinners. That's what He came for. He didn't come to make people rich or happy, although you get saved, that those things might happen. He came to save you from your sins. He came to touch your life that you could be born again, changed and renewed. And if you're here this evening, you're not right with God, not saved, backslidden away from God, you need prayer. I wonder if you'd very quickly slip up your hand. Say, pray for me. I need Jesus Christ. I need to get my heart right with God. Anyone at all, very quickly, pray for me. I need God to help me. Changing the call then to Christians. There are acts of deception that go on. There are people who try to deceive. There are books. There are sometimes people who get tweaked. They come up with crazy doctrines. To guard your heart against that. Know the Word of God. Keep a right spirit with God and you'll know. You'll just go, that ain't right. I remember my wife one time, one of her friends had watched a video and sent it to my wife and said, what do you think? What do you think? My wife said, I don't know. She asked me to watch it. I watched five minutes of it and I went, this is garbage. Absolute garbage. Texted Pastor Greg, what do you think? He sent back virtually the same response. It's absolute trash, rubbish. Created problems, fear, anxiety, confusion, all of those things, false doctrine does. There's something about you being aligned in your spirit with the Word of God, with the Spirit of God. God will keep you from deception. It's going to mark our day. It's going to mark the last days. It's going to be upon people. Keep the main thing. It's the main thing. You're going to be in better shape. Let's all stand. We're going to worship God. Give Him time. We're going to sing that song, Holy of Holies. And just give Him praise this evening. Take me Oh, my